I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Well, freshman daily. Hey, what is going on? Uh, it is Alex McCarthy's Wrestling Daily. I am here with my main man, SB3. And I suspect, my man, we're going to talk a little bit of Big Show. <clears throat> Pardon me. All white moving to AEW. SB3, how are you, man? It's Wednesday, and you know what that means. SP3 on Alex McCarthy's Wrestling Daily. And, you know, usually on a Wednesday, me and Alex just spend an hour talking about whatever comes to our mind in regards to professional wrestling. This is a rare Wednesday where we have some huge news to unwrap. Indeed we do. And man, I mean, there's still a lot of stuff to get into. I spoke to The Miz about an hour ago as well, which I will touch on in due course. But we have to start with the titular news. We will get into it. Please get your ultra chats into us. I want to know your opinions on the big show moving to AEW. Interesting thing, man, is when I posted the news on Twitter straight away, there's just a myriad of opinions flying around about it. I want to know where you guys, the Wrestling Daily community, sit on Paul White's big move at 49 years old. There are conflicting opinions online, but I will get into how I feel about it, and so will SB3 as the show goes on. That seems a natural place to ask for your Ultra Chats, guys. Big show, hot takes, debate, whatever. Get them in. You see what it says. Send your messages and questions, wrestletalk.com forward slash wrestling daily. The holy grail that is Mod Mother Jenna. Hallelujah. She will drop down those comments and we will make sure that they end up on screen. So please do. And yeah, while you're here, SB3, what have they got to do for True Who Heats channel? They've got to do for Wrestling Daily. Subscribe, thumbs up, get those likes going, uh, you know, help those goddamn algorithms because my swearing certainly won't. Uh, SB3, man, let's get into business. It's not often I'm shocked in wrestling, and I don't think I should have been in retrospect. But at the same time, the news just kind of came out of nowhere. It was like, oh, all right, AEW have signed. Paul White, uh, what was your first reaction? 
Now, I think it was uh, Dave Meltzer on a Wrestling Observer or uh, or Fightful uh, over the weekend. They were the first to uh, like kind of put out the foreshadowing of this news that Big Show had changed his Twitter account from Big Show WWE to at Paul White. So that was like the the first the first domino dropping and now we get the big news of the why he changed his uh twitter account and we found that out today i mean i i was stunned by this news this was not a person that i thought was on aew's radar but mm. i feel like this is someone who can contribute uh you know positively to their roster because he's a man that has so much experience 25 years of experience in the professional wrestling business you know starting out so young there's a bunch of young performers in aew that would love to you know pick his brain of how to be a young man in the professional wrestling business and how to get to you know the the level of success that the big show has made and he's a person that got immediate success if you remember his first matchup ever in wcw was a world title match against hulk hogan at i don't know if you want to go out your way to watch it but you should watch it if you want to laugh halloween havoc (laughs) historical purposes sure uh enjoyment It's a good it's a good laugh. It's a good laugh. But now nah, this is definitely a big benefit, in my opinion, to the big man of AEW because they have a variety of big men that, you know, have a variety of skills, but they are all different ages. You know, someone like Lance Archer, who is like in his late 30s, going into his 40s, but really hasn't had like that big major win or big major success on a mainstream platform. Big show. Can help that just being in the ring with Big Show and taking a loss, uh, you know, getting a victory over Big Show is big for Lance Archer's career. Someone younger, like a Luchasaurus or a Wardlow, they can just talk to him behind the scenes and learn how it is to be a big man in the professional wrestling business in the ring, how you present yourself. There is so much benefit to Big Show being on here, but the big, the big one that they let it, they kind of, they kind of did a dual announcement with this because i think that the secondary announcement would not be really talked about if it wasn't along with this one but the fact that big show is now going to be a commentator for the new aew show aew dark elevation i think that's instantly going to put some eyes on the show even though he's not going to be you know in the ring for this show it's going to put eyes on him to see how he makes that you know transition from the professional wrestling in ring to the commentary booth but he's someone that i think is going to do very well in that position because he can speak very well communicate and tell across what's going on in the ring i think this is a big move for aew yeah i mean a few things to get into here um first of all you alluded to it with the observer Brian Alvarez gave Tony Khan a little wink at the end of their interview and said, maybe we'll talk to you again when you've got some news to drop. This appears to be what they were talking about. Um, It's been said, and I've heard this, that Big Show wasn't the happiest man at Legends Night. Uh, He was making this pretty clear that he wasn't happy with the offer that WWE had made to him to renew his contract. I don't know the terms of the deal, Legends deal, what it would have been. like Because I think he still believes he can go. Yeah. So uh, it just seems that whether it was the terms of the deal, the money, doesn't seem like anything matched up to what the big show was after. And that is where the problems began. He made this very, very clear at Legends night. And it seems that they just let his contract run out. And as a result, didn't take AEW too long 
to pick the man up. It's only been about a month or six weeks, something like that in between. And I don't know if there's any clause of how long he had to wait. I don't know anything. Right. But I do know that um, his contract expired. AEW have picked him up. And I agree with SP3. I think there's uh, so many layers to this deal where you can say it's beneficial for AEW to pick up a man like the big show. By the way, side point, there's only six years between Larch Archer and the big show. (laughs) Six years, I know, right? <laughs> you, you, you think like, you know, I, I remember when I first, because I think I interviewed Lance Archer last year and he was 42 at the time. I was thinking, wow, really? Like, moves much better than his age. Anyway, um, so the big show, I mean, I'm not going to uh, retread all the ground that SP3 just did, but everything that he said is correct. There's a lot of knowledge he can bestow. There's a lot of uh, experience that he can hand down. And just, you know, generally having someone of that standing and experience in the company is a good thing even if it's the mind backstage or potentially some of the matchups he can do in the ring. Uh, he's clearly, Tony Khan clearly said in his comments, big show is going to wrestle. Like That's part of the deal. He's going to do a lot of different stuff for AEW. And I think people forget, and I said this to SP3 earlier, big show did a tremendous rub for Braun Strowman, right? When yeah. I, I, know, I know these days people are kind of like, eh, Braun Strowman. But at that point, he was like red hot coming through. Uh, Everyone really was into him. And the cage match they had was quality. And, you know, the match they had on Raw. I think people often forget that Big Show has that ability to make another big man or a star. Uh, He was so durable for WWE. They put him in all the celebrity spots when they needed someone to work them. He was an attraction. And he can do that for AEW too. I wrote this story up for TalkSport.com today, one of the top stories immediately, because everyone knows who Big Show is. Yes, I understand that there's some AEW people that are like, oh, you know, it's kind of going against what AEW wants. Why are they just bringing in ex-WWE guys? You really have to look beyond that layer to see what Big Show can bring to the table. It's not like when Impact picked off Brodus Clay. It's not the same, right? (laughs) Big Show is very different. It's not just that he's come from WWE. That's not that at all. He's, yeah, he spent 22 years there. That's anything, if that's anything, that's something to be proud of. You know, not many people do that. So Big Show still got some gas in the tank, wants to give back. Could have accepted a lesser deal with WWE. There's no doubt about it. Could have sat on easy money if he'd wanted to, but he's in the best shape of his life, which we forget too. And he feels like he wants to give. So I say, let the man give. That You know, uh, I, I think it's a smart pick up for AEW don't know what they're paying him but I you know I don't imagine that they've like broken any kind of financial structure to accrue him the only thing I will say um you're right he can talk I've I've, he was actually my first interview there's a fact first interview for me was big show Uh, I spoke to him again tail end of last year I didn't peg him as a commentator though like that thought didn't enter my mind and I don't know whether it's because he's that big like, is it just a weird thing that I'm dealing with where, like, the seven-foot hunched-over guy is trying to commentate on wrestling, you know? Yeah. No, no. I, I – yeah, it was kind of, uh, like, a weird one when you first saw it. But then as I thought about it more and more, it started to make more sense to me because he's someone that has done well in, like, the different type of places where he's been able to, like, speak, where WWE put him on, like, a table for three or, you know, a documentary series. He's always been one. Back that in the day, Saturday Night Live, back in the day, like, you know, they've put him in a lot of spots. He, I think he's a lot more versatile than he gets credit for. 
yeah, he honestly doesn't get enough credit. And like you said, you know, the whole the the credit that he deserves for kind of putting over Braun Strowman and making him the next WWE big man. But there's so many others that he really doesn't get enough credit for. Like he was very important uh, in the rise of John Cena, very important in the rise of Brock Lesnar. You know, he's had great, great uh, series of matches with the likes of, you know, Undertaker, Kane. He has so much history and he's been a part of one of the biggest, uh, you know, celebrity matches of all time, like you said, with Floyd Mayweather. So instantly when he signed with AEW, I was like, well, AEW has the opportunity to give us the, the match that WWE never paid off on. And that's, of course, show versus Shaq. And, you know, I, I honestly, that's the one match with Shaq that I do want to see. I don't necessarily want to see this tag team match. I, I mean, I do like that it's going to, you know, benefit you know, Jade Cargill, as well as Red Velvet. But I don't want to see Shaq in the ring with Cody. I do want to see Shaq in the ring with Paul White. So there, there's a lot that can come from this. But I think the biggest thing is this is someone that instantly, when people saw he signed with AEW, they were like in disbelief because he's a guy that would be pegged as a WWE lifer. And the fact that he made this move, it's a big credit to AEW. And it shows that, these guys that are, are, you know, have a contract expiring and are negotiating with WWE as well as outside of WWE, they have a viable option that they, they don't have to, you know, just be okay and complacent with the way WWE is treating them. They can go elsewhere if they think they're going to be treated better. But you kind of, uh, you know, talked about it a little with PW Insider uh, reporting that he was very unhappy with his status in WWE. And it makes sense because of how he was used on even on the Legends Nights. He was used in a backstage segment where Orton kind of like talked down, down to him. And he was kind of, it was kind of like WWE was showing you all the signs that they were taking big show out back and putting him out to pasture and i don't think that he was ready for that and i think that's why that was kind of like the straw that broke the camel's back for him can, can i just say on a, i've just seen this comment from nathan day does anyone remember a few weeks ago when louis and alex were complaining about miz being old and he was in the chamber now he's champion he deserves it crazy can everyone back me up here i was the anti-louis here i was the man saying no this is fine the jeff hardy's in the midst of this world let's Let's not band me in with bad take Louis all the time. Okay. It happened on this show, but don't put me in that corner. I am. I, I was one of the first people. In fact, when Miz won the title saying that I felt he deserved another run years ago, whether it's the right time to do it now, that's another question, but at least it's happened for him. And, uh, so hey, don't 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 hit me with this criticism. I didn't say that. I didn't, I never said he was too old to be in the chamber. And if I did, Show me the clip, SP3. I'll eat my words. I'll, I'll pull up a knife and fork and I'll eat them, but I didn't say that. They're anyway, trying to, they're trying to couple you couple you in with Louis because you know his 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 takes is widespread. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like you know, oh, he, he's he's my uh, surrogate son, but come on now, I, I don't live and die by uh, Luigi's takes. Jesus. Uh, yeah. So I mean, just harkening back to Big Show, I think you're exactly right. It is. One of those things where people expect him to into the Hall of Fame, stay with the company, do all of those, you know, producer roles that seem people seem to graduate to in WWE anyway, you know, backstage, whatever. But the bottom line is Big Show still felt he could go. And AEW have smartly picked him up and said, well, look, there's many things we could do with the Big Show here. Like he's an attraction within his own right. We can use him in commentary. We can He can be very helpful backstage. He's a coach. All of these great things. 
And whether people like it or not, in the history of like, choosing my words, of greatest big men, right? He's kind of in that discussion in the in the top echelon. But when it, when you actually correlate size to ability, certainly in his early going, one of the most talented big men the industry has ever seen. I don't think that's a stretch, stretch to say. So you know that I give the man some respect is what I'm trying to say. Like he has more ability than I think people attribute to Big Show because WWE used him in a different way down the years. You know, often comedy angles and stuff. But an amazing tag team wrestler. Had a, he's part of a many great tag teams, including Miz and Jericho, um, Undertaker, Kane. List goes on. And I think the man can really contribute more to the business. And WWE have to be careful because, like you said, AW have proven here that anyone who's expiring, they've got the foresight to say, "Well, we can use him this way. We can do this. We can make this for you." And it's not just to grab attention. I really look at this and I see how Tony Khan is looking at the Big Show and thinking. I can utilize him for this, this, and this, and this. And it makes it all worth the money, right? And I think that's the same way he looks at a Jake the Snake and Arn Anderson. These are different because Big Show still can go. You know, I say that, Tully Blanchard's going to be wrestling. But, you know, uh, he, he's he's a different case. But I do think AEW have proven thus far that those characters that go beyond the ring and, you know, that kind of influence backstage and stuff, they've actually had a very good grasp of who works where and who does what yeah i mean their use of legends makes me hopeful i think that if big show if it was the other way around and big show was leaving aew going to wwe i wouldn't be so hopeful i would only be like oh big show's about to be wwe champion because he's a legend from from the 1990s and the attitude era i wouldn't be as hopeful because of how they've used their legends you know from sting to Jake the Snake Roberts, to Arn Anderson, like you said, Tully Blanchard. Tully Blanchard's been with the company for two years now, and he's just having his his uh, first matchup next week. And it feel it feels rather important, and it helps out the feud with FTR and Jurassic Express. That's just one mm-hmm. example of how they use their legends, and you know, make them being in the ring mean something. And you know, one of the main talking points from last week's Dynamite was the fact that Sting took a bump. So they, they are making it important whenever their legends are in some type of physical action, they make it feel like a big deal. But I do want to note that uh, Fightful just released a report regarding the Big Show uh, signing. They said Fightful reached out to both WWE and AEW sources regarding the Big Show heading to All Elite Wrestling. Most of the WWE talent that we spoke with had no idea of the Big Show leaving, and there wasn't a chorus of goodbyes that they recall. Meanwhile, higher-ups in WWE tell us that they became aware that he would not be remaining with the company in any capacity this month. AEW talent we've spoken to didn't know he was coming in, though that's hardly an indication across the board as some talent is more clued in than others. One person close to Paul White said that they imagine a major career move was happening as White has had some major life events over the past few months between selling his house, his WWE deal expiring, and his Netflix show being canceled. (laughs) He sold his house, so he needs to jump ship. (laughs) No, I do know what they mean. I do know what they mean. Um, I I reached out to one of my guys in WWE, and um, he just said, uh, to quote the text, he goes, I don't know, it just feels almost sad. Like, he goes, um, at the end of the day, he wasn't ready to be done. That's the main thing that he took away from that. 
that seems to be the primary motivator for Big Show. Because you've got to remember, not only is Big Show not being used in the ring in WWE, he wasn't really being used to do anything, right? Nope. Like, they didn't have him backstage helping out. Or, you know, I remember when I first spoke to Big Show, that first ever interview I did, and he talked about seeing Baron Corbin at the Performance Center and helping him. And he was like, Baron Corbin's got fantastic footwork, how right he was, by the way. But, um, they haven't used him in that capacity at all. He's literally just kind of been sitting on the sidelines, picking up a check. And I know there's good people out there that will think, doesn't sound bad. But when you're someone like him, who's got themselves into amazing shape, and you look at the window of his career, and he's probably thinking, not long. Really don't have that long left. Like, there's not that many matches. He's in the winter of his career. Yeah. Then he's he's thinking, well, I want to make something. of. I want to, you know, enhance my legacy. How many chances am I really going to have? So... 22 years of WWE, he probably did everything he felt like he could. Uh, or WWE felt that, anyway. And now he gets to move on to this next chapter of his career. And I, I'm i all for it. And I, and one day, and I know we've already had, like, John Moxley. <clears throat> you could argue, like, the FTRs of this world. One day, someone major, like, major, major, is going to leave WWE and head for AEW. Like, I, I, Roman Reigns is like, and Rollins, they're like lifers to me. But, yeah. um, you know, like Randy Orton or someone, he's probably a lifer too, but he might shock them one day. Um, people like that. And before you know it, the tide is going to start to think, because hmm. I saw somebody in the chat, and I'm going to actually go ahead and find it now, and I think it was Josh Mansfield. The name stuck out to me. Let me go and find what he said. But he essentially asked, will something like this, if, if it popped a number tonight, would this wake WWE from their like slumber per se? And I think uh, no is the answer. But two, like uh, WWE exists in their like own world. We've said this before. Like every wrestling company in the world combined, WWE makes five times as much revenue, and you know has the f- global footprint and so all of that stuff. They literally exist in their own kind of entity, and I don't think that's why they really entertain anything else that happens. But it's not so much AEW closing the gap or, you know, the war stuff. It's just AEW growing and rising. That's the thing you have to look out for. And to me, they are kind of relentlessly doing that. I, I There's not many moves I can look at that Tony Khan's made and I go, hmm, not sure about that. Like, he really seems to have his finger on the pulse in terms of, like, what people want and, and what's best for AEW. I'm totally here for it. We've all said this before. What's good for the business is more competition, more options, more more great wrestling, frankly. And AEW are doing that. So bringing in someone like Paul White, it's a great statement within itself. But I also think it just signals out AEW's ambitions. If, if, if the opportunity is there to take a step forward, you best believe they're going to take it. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. 
At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Yeah, this is just further expanding and it's been kind of like a gradual rise but you get you get someone who was considered a WWE like he's a future WWE Hall of Famer there's no question about that with the big show so to sign him at this time when WWE felt like he had nothing left to give them and if they're able to do something of worth, something that we talk about, something that gets the wrestling world a buzz, then it's be- then it's a benefit to them. If they can pop a rating, it's good, but it doesn't it doesn't benefit them as much as how the Big Show will benefit the people that he's working with in AEW. You know, there's established talent, but there's a lot of rising talent and undeveloped talent that Big Show will have an effect on. And like you like you said, like this is just a move that really solidifies where AEW is at two years into their inception. They're getting a third show. They just signed another major WWE name. But I feel uh, the only thing that I do disagree with you, I don't feel like any of the major main eventers will move from WWE to AEW. I just One day. Maybe maybe one day. But I think a bigger move in like, the more foreseeable future would be someone who has been underutilized go leaving WWE and going to AEW to get success. I feel like John Moxley was one type of move, but Moxley had gotten success in WWE. Yeah, well, that's, that's what I'm saying. Like, if if at that time when that happened, right, that's a big move. Yeah, like he was main event player in WWE. I mean, at the end, we all know why he wasn't because that's what happens when you're going out the door. But um, prior to that and all of that stuff, he was a bona fide main event guy. For someone like that to go to AEW, it's it's, it's, a, it's a major, major move. It's like Kurt Angle Impact, right? Yeah. Like TNA. That, that's what it was like. Um, I'm not saying that they're going to grab someone like now. I mean, WWE have smartly... You know, and they'll say it's not because of AEW. It is. They've smartly like locked everyone up for however long. But um, like you said, one day someone like Ricochet is going to say, "I've had enough here," and then he's going to go there and, and kill it. Or you know, I mean, Alistair Black. There, there's a litany of guys who are going to look at it and go, yeah, "Actually, you know what? I fancy some of that." And then they go and prove what we always knew. Like you know, if Cesaro had actually let his contract expire now, I know he's resigned. That could have been one. Um, but I do think. As time goes on, maybe not in the immediate future, maybe not this year, maybe not the one after, or maybe. I do think top stars in WWE are going to start to look at like a John Moxley or a lot of the other people that wanted to be creatively fulfilled and look at AEW and say, do you know what? I've done the WWE thing. I want to go now and actually enjoy what I'm doing. And you can still make good money with AEW. And even when they, even when there wasn't a pandemic, 
AW wasn't running house shows or anything. You had a great life. Like you could, Tony Khan lets you take bookings if you want to take them in in specific places. Um, you're earning good money. Lest we forget, the Khan family fortune is about three times that of Vince McMahon. By the way, like if Tony wants to throw money around, he really could. Um, I don't anticipate he does that. I think he stays to the business model. But the point remains, if they want to be a heavyweight player, if they really, really want to make a move, they can. And um, I, I, I do think, yeah, you're right. Maybe I didn't word it right. But I do think moving forward, AEW is going to become increasingly more attractive when people look at the money. Yeah the schedule, how fulfilling their stories seem to be. Uh, and and, and you know, obviously everyone's friends in this business, pretty much. Everyone knows, you know, it, it, it's not a surprise that people are increasingly going to AEW, whether it be from WWE or anywhere else, because it just seems like, for the better part, a good place to work. And really, that, that, that trumps everything at this moment. Once you've made that WWE money, I think your outlook maybe gets a little bit different. But there's always that, I want to wrestle on WrestleMania. I want to do these things. I think those. I think there are wrestlers that have that bucket list. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But at some point, once you've done that, maybe you start to think differently. It depends because there's only a select few guys like a Seth Rollins or a Reigns who always have something, who are always in the, the right spots. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. The rest of them, you've got time to think, I think. Yeah, I mean – I was I was thinking about you know you everything you said is on point I can't disagree with anything you said but I was thinking about you know more the question of who who could jump over but I think that the big thing that would happen is if they had a situation like WCW had with the radicals if right. a group of guys from WWE because really I've I've said this for like 3 years now on different places I'll say it here WWE is becoming what they hated they're becoming yeah. WCW before our eyes, Re you know, relying on nostalgia, a three-hour show that doesn't need to be a three-hour show, um, just the over overuse of older stars, and just having a glass ceiling on the on the talent that are so greatly skilled and not able to elevate or not even able to see through the glass ceiling that they're putting over them. Chris Benoit, Eddie Guerrero, Dean Malenko, Perry Saturn, they all felt like that, and they made the move over. If we had a situation like a Ricochet, Andrade, Aleister Black, and cool. all of those guys coming over. Gable, Gable maybe, I, someone like that, yeah. I think that that, that would be – I think that's the major th move that kind of put the, the, the nail in the coffin for WCW. Yes, they did survive another year in existence, but I think they were pretty much dead for over a year. And I think that the marking of them being put in the casket was the radicals moving over. I don't think it would be the same for WWE. I think we've said it before. WWE is going to survive regardless. It doesn't matter who leaves. They just have gotten so much money over the last couple of years and being the major game in town for over 20 years. There's nothing that can really happen in the foreseeable future that is going to put them out of business or put them in a position that WCW was in 2000. But I think that we could see a shift of fans paying more attention to AEW and their audience rising if there was a situation like the Radicals. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, man, you, you hit the nail on the head with WCW. Like they were walking dead for a while um, before that eventually happened. Uh, just a couple here um, in the chat that I want to address. Uh, Noreen Rad says, bad take, Louis. Does he still think Roman and Edge won't happen? Uh, oh, Jesus Christ. Uh, so... If anyone who doesn't know, Louis tweeted on Sunday, he was 
Drink that in. 99% certain that Edge and Roman wasn't going to happen at WrestleMania. And I immediately tweet, uh, messaged him and I was like, what are you doing? Uh, I messaged SB3 as well. I said, this guy's lost his mind. Um, and it's, you might not have seen it on Monday, but he walked that statement back a day later, one day. He was like, oh, actually, you know, maybe I got a bit overzealous. Really? You think so? Um, he's young. He's a young He's a young whippersnapper. These things happen. Uh, Ale- but as Louis' spiritual father, he's learned everything from you. Listen, our kids don't always do what we want them to do, okay? These things happen. SV3 knows. We're fathers. It's not always sunshine and rainbows. And Louis is disappointing me if it's not in 9% take. Uh yeah, there you have it. And he wants Jinder Mahal over Jeff Hardy, which I won't forgive either. Um, oh, there you go, up to Avondale as well. If we, if we want it on screen, we can clip it. He can never forget it, should we choose to. Oh, I bet he, I know. I know why he said that in a weird way. Like, because um, I'd heard that maybe Bala might get the shout down the road. Um, and I think Louis took that and maybe some other stuff that he heard, and he was like, oh, you know, and ran with it. But 99%. Yikes. Nothing, nothing is that certain in wrestling. Jesus, and even, it, it wasn't even like he said ninety nine percent Edge and Roman wouldn't happen. He said ninety nine percent Roman and Daniel Bryan would happen at WrestleMania. Like that, I was that's what that was the part that I was just like, okay, maybe you don't think the match is gonna happen, but to say that match, and he literally put it after they had a two minute match where Roman, uh, Roman, <laughs> Roman had one move on him and then completely squashed him. Like it's more logical that you say I'm 99% sure Daniel Bryan and Roman Reigns happens at Fastlane, not WrestleMania. Yes. <laughs> My lord, uh, at Tempest, everyone knows Tempest at Wrestle Talk, right? The fact-checking superstar slash Quizlemania champion, uh, well former Melina is the champion right now, I think. Yeah. <laughs> um, but Louis is uh, it, Tempest has called Louis the king of the bad takes in the past, um, so. You know, let's see. Let's see when the kid comes back. I, I mean, I love the kid, so let's see where he comes back. Uh, I'm sure he's going to come back with some hot takes on Friday. Uh, half an hour deep. We've only spoke about the big show. Um, I do want to, before we move on to the other chats, because they are about big show, quickly talk about my brief chat with the champ, Miz. Um, we had like a conference call here for outlets and people all over the shop, Australia, uh, Austria, uh, India, England, like there's just one of them conference calls. And um, and SP3, I was losing my mind. <laughs> I was getting mad, right? Because I think my number didn't get called. And then the, the moderator goes, oh, uh, last couple of questions now. And like three people got to ask questions. He goes, okay. And the final question, I'm thinking, you mother. Like the, the better be, and he was like, oh, we're going to go to Alice McCarthy. And I was like, oh. I messaged him after. I was like, man, like I'm, I'm going to take it that I'm the main event, right? Like <laughs> that you didn't just forget. And you added me on at the end. Uh, anyway, I asked him about, you know, I certainly feel this way. Back in 2016-18, his work went to another level. It, people saw him in a different light to what they had done previously. Finally, people were appreciating the work that The Miz had put in. He was awesome with that brand split to SmackDown. Not No pun intended. He was, he was like, amazing. His promo work was outstanding. We all know about the talking smack with Daniel Bryan. We all know that. We all know about the matches that he would subsequently put on. The Miz Taraj was entertaining as anything as well. The Miz did good work. I felt at that time he could have been ripe for another run. No matter how long, he would have been a good heel champion 
to get to Daniel Bryan feud. I said this to Miz. I was like, listen, was anything really on the cards? And he said in 16, 17 and 18, WWE intimated to him that it was coming. They were going to make him champion again. And every single time it fell through. Now, we can't be that upset that Miz and Daniel Bryan didn't go to Mania 35 because then the Planets champion, Kofi Mania, doesn't happen. Yeah. Right? So we, there's no way you could know that in advance, but I'm glad that I know it now. Um, but still at the time, I was really gutted. I was like, man, how are they not running with with Brian and Miz all the way to Mania? Do you know what I mean? Like, how are they not doing that? Um, the story wrote, wrote itself. It was hot. And yeah, he just basically said, he, he heavily implied that the Brian story was meant to feature the title. Um, and then they obviously changed their minds. So I, I am kind of glad that he's got the time. I, I, I'm not going to debate Brian Alvarez on the definition of transitional champion, but whether he is just the transitional champ to get us to Lashley, to get us to Drew at Mania or not, I do think he is the perfect man for this spot rather than giving someone their first reign and it's kind of a throwaway reign or anything like that. He's the perfect smug kind of annoying person for this role. And I'm glad for him, man. Like eleven years since his other reign, sure. If if this is what if this is the reward he gets for it, why not? I say. I I am more on the fence than I think about anybody about this Miz being WWE champion because, like you, I agree. Miz was at the top of his game in 2016 through 2018. I, in my eyes, I thought he should have been WWE champion going into like WrestleMania 34. Yes, WWE at the time probably didn't know Daniel Bryan. Well, they definitely didn't know Daniel Bryan was coming back at that pay-per-view, but it would have worked out great, uh, you, you know. But you could have you could have plugged that in though in like a month. They could have done it. They exactly. Done it. They 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 plugged the whole Kevin Owens Sami Zayn feud in a month. So they could have done that with the Miz as well. So that's the time that I thought he should have won. And the um, Miz was uh, sorry to interrupt again. Mm -hmm. The Miz was in the triple threat, right? Balor and Rollins. That's yeah, what the Miz the did. Opener. Really. So, was, so was was it a case that he was because he was he in the Continental Champ going in? Yes, and he was on Monday Night Raw, so that so, was the other thing. There yeah. you go. There's there's some issues. I hear you. But yeah, anyway, yeah. go on. Yeah, but at that time, he was the top heel, in my opinion, because he was that on SmackDown. Then he moved over to Monday Night Raw. He just switched up the, the gimmick a little bit, adding the Mr. Raj, and he was the top heel on, on Monday Night Raw. He kind of held it together when mumps and everything else kind of broke down at the yeah. end of 2017. Miz was kind of the glue keeping everything together. But... We have now just witnessed, in my opinion, one of the worst years in the Miz's career, in my yeah. opinion. Yeah, for that's over, for uh, over a year, he has been in the worst segment on Raw and SmackDown. Like, I literally, one of my good friends, Marcus Cash, he's over on the True Hill Heat YouTube channel. He's a big Miz fan, and he's all for this. But I asked him a simple question. Name one great Miz match that has happened in the past year. He said... He hasn't had any bad matches. I was like, <laughs> I was like, I was like, that doesn't really answer my question. So then mm -hmm. I was like, okay, Miz has never been that type of guy. But name one great Miz promo that he's had in the last year. He couldn't even name me that either. And straight, after so, he won the, straight after he won the title was his best promo. Yeah, yeah, that's the best promo he's had in over a year. Miz needs something that he can kind of sink his teeth into to really bring out that passion that he has inside. And he really hasn't been given that. 
He's playing the role that he played 12 years ago with John Morrison has kind of regressed him a little bit. So I'm not as happy as I should be about the Miz being WWE champion right now, but I'm in the middle because I understand it, especially if he's going to be a transitional champion. He's the perfect guy to have in this spot because he doesn't lose anything if he loses the title very quickly. And and really, like I guess the only thing uh, Matthew McCoskey makes a decent point here: Miz Morrison versus uh, New Day in Saudi Arabia. It's a great match. I mean, great. Yeah, I mean, great yeah. is subjective. It's good for sure. New Day don't yeah. have bad matches. Um, but yeah, um, can't remember the point I was I was going to make on the Miz now. I, I think when it comes to the Mor- like Morrison coming back and all that and the hey, hey, ho, ho stuff, I get it that there's a place for it on the show. Uh, it's obviously not my favourite version of either man. I made this point earlier this week. It's a crime that you don't showcase John Morrison, in my opinion, in one-on-ones pretty much every week. The guy always has good matches and, it's, and there's no other matches like his matches on the card. So why wouldn't you go out of your way to do that? Um, I, I get it. I get like, you know, I, I feel like sometimes wrestling fans, we get caught up in the whole like, and I'm a stickler for this too. Like, oh yeah, he's only won this amount of matches or he hasn't done this or, you know, what to, to become the champion. I think that the sole point really is just to, I'm happy that Bobby Lashley is going to get a run of, of sorts. Yeah, Might not be a long one. Probably won't be a long one. Um, and I understand that they want to do it that way so that then Drew can win it again at WrestleMania. Now, we're in this situation and the, <laughs> the main thing is WWE have put themselves in this situation. So we're all kind of now reacting and going, oh, you know, okay, they've done this. I wouldn't have done that. But at the end of the day, we are where we are for a myriad of decisions where Drew has kept the title for however long. And, you know, Lashley could have won it another way. And then Drew worked his way back to it instead of this convoluted story. But then they've also in the middle of that gone, oh, well, we gave Miz the briefcase, so we better do something with that. And then, you know what I mean? A lot yeah. of their decisions have led us down this path to where we are now. But having said that, I don't mind it that Miz gets to smell his roses for a brief minute, right? That then Bobby Lashley is going to get the fruits of his labor. Because if it, I've said, I'll say it again. If his WWE career ended without a world title, it would have been really unfair on him, in my opinion. Yeah. And, and then you get Drew getting his moment in front of fans. All three of those things I like as a fan. All three of them. If I'm analyzing, I don't love the direction of how we're getting there and all of that stuff. It's very convoluted doesn't really make that much sense it's all very silly was it really explained why drew wasn't on raw no he just wasn't there it's no. like, okay so he lost the title and he's just not turned up okay that's not i mean the whole drew character that they've been portraying for so long um you know about how he never gives up and he's so determined and he's oh well, he just takes the next night off does he come on wwe like yeah i feel like AEW would have filled in a blank for me there but Before we uh, head to the Ultra Chats, here's a reminder to get them in before the end of the show, guys. Wrestling Daily, WrestleTalk.com forward slash Wrestling Daily. Make sure you get it in and get your opinions in. Big show, be it Miz, be it Fastlane coming out WrestleMania. I don't care what you want to talk about. Well, I do care. I care very much. But I don't care about how much it spans. 
please get them into us and we will get debating. So, SP3, before we, we'll have, we'll, me and SP3 will try and have a debate to finish on the big show, but we universally agree on pretty much everything, so it's going to be tough. But maybe we'll talk about greatest opponents and things like that. Um, so, the first Ultra Chat, We'll start with AEW Ultra Chats. Twisted Minds. Hey, man. Good evening. Uh, who would you like to see wrestle Big Show in AEW? I want to see him against Marco Stunt and, of course, John Silver. Also, how many times do you think he will turn heel and face tonight on Dynamite? Um, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if we saw him on, like, a Being the Elite and him yeah. making fun of that sort of stuff. I think Tony Khan will – I don't think he'd go to the world too many times on that just knowing Tony Khan. But um, John's, I had actually thought about John Silver, Big Show. Oh, I'm here for that. Big, strong John Silver. Absolutely. Absolutely want to see that. I mean, the big the big men ones are like a given. Yeah. But um, there's a lot of different things you could do with a Big Show. You know, like a Brian Cage could ragdoll a Big Show, big show around. Like, there's a lot of people you could give the rub to. But, man, John Silver, yeah, I'm, I'm all for that. SP3. I love the John Silver shout. That that's a really good one. That's one that I wouldn't have thought of off the top of my head. I mean, the ones that come to me just off the top of my head is of course the big men like Warlow and Luchasaurus. But I would be very interested in Big Show versus Orange Cassidy. I just think that Big Show has an underrated amount of humor. And just yes. playing off of Orange Cassidy's character would be a lot of fun. Also, uh, Big Show versus Darby Allen, because if you know anything, Darby Allen loves to be thrown around like a rag doll. And <laughs> a Big Show could do that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, I'm on board of all of those shouts. A lot of good possibility. There's a lot of good uses for Big Show. Uh, Wrestle Scope, they say, what the naysayers are missing about the Paul White signing, he is primarily being brought in for elevation, not to be a full-time wrestler. This is a great move for WWE, uh, AEW, sorry, especially, uh, if Paul will be sharing his knowledge with the younger talent. Yeah, he absolutely will. I don't know if... Um, it's primarily why they signed him to be a commentator. I just think it's another use of him. Um, I, I, I sincerely doubt Tony Khan was putting together elevation. He goes, now what's the last piece? I need Paul White on comms. I just think it's another, uh, another way that you can utilize Paul White and, and a smart one. Yeah. Yeah. I, like I said, like this one, if, if AEW dark elevation was announced on its own, it would not be getting as much coverage as it is right now because they have, they're associating it with big show signing. It actually makes you more invested in seeing AEW dark elevation. They're going to have more information on both the signing as well as the announcement of the new series on dynamite tonight, but I'm looking forward to it. You know, just the synopsis of AEW dark elevation, kind of putting over the independent talent that AEW has been using as well as the established and rising stars that aren't getting attention on dynamite. I think this is really good and it avoids three hour AEW dark episodes. So this is a benefit all around for AEW. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Mark, Says, good day, guys. I hope all is well. My question for today is, given Mr. White's lack of uh, commentating experience, could he still be successful at it? Especially given Excalibur and Taz are the present and future commentators in AEW. Thank you kindly. Um, I think SP3, I'm going to let you take this first because you touched on it earlier, saying about the credentials that he actually does have. Yeah, I mean, he has great credentials. If you've seen the Big Show show, 
and yes, I have seen it. I have a girlfriend. She she was like she 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 disliked it a lot more than I did. I was like, this is at least possible. I, I, I was like, the little girl is cute and funny. Yeah, the girl the girl was the the star of the show, honestly, mm. and her her interactions with the big show kind of carried the show. But you saw there that he has humor, but most of all, he can speak very well. And we've seen it on multiple different documentaries from WWE Network. We've even seen Big Show in guest commentary spots. I think that he can be very successful in this role. And look look at someone like a Samoa Joe. Samoa Joe didn't have any previous experience on commentary until he sat at the desk last year on Monday Night Raw. And arguably, he's in the running for the top two, top three best commentator in all of WWE. Yes. So, so Big Show, I'm not gonna, you know, doubt him. I think that he can make a good transition to the commentary booth. Yep. I totally agree with everything SB3 said there. I mean, there's no reason for me to think he won't be good. Do you know what I mean? He's got all of the attributes that you would hope for. Obviously, a lot of knowledge of the business as well. And a lot of the AEW commentary, you know, Excalibur is like the glue to me. I I think he's so underrated. Um, I know people are starting to appreciate him a bit more now. but it, it, oftentimes it's just like a lot of conversation almost between great minds of what's manifesting in front of us. And that's what I quite like, you know, a lot of experience kind of talking about what's going down backstories. And I think big show is definitely in the right place to lend his experience there. Um, Mayor of Painesville, Dan says, hello guys. I love your enthusiasm on this topic uh, in brackets. He's got big show, new AEW signings, fans shifting to AEW. But the thing is, AEW is not moving over that 1 million, right? And their YouTube numbers are also not matching any major WWE TV show for now, at least. I mean, Mary Payne's with Dan, you're right. You are right. Those things are true. But also remember, AEW is not even two years old. Nope. As, I mean, it's only, well, I mean, it is, but not as a TV program. Yeah. So um, they are, imagine WWE when they first got social media or whatever, and looking at where they were in their first two years. I don't have the numbers to hand, but I'm going to imagine it's not like astronomically different. I know the climate is different now from then to now, and there's a lot of variables in that argument. But what I'm saying is don't read too much into that. Like we said earlier, AEW are not like breathing down WWE's neck. It's a different stratosphere. It's a different realm. But in terms of quality and building their name, it's a long process. WWE is an institution of wrestling from the WWWF, WWF to WWE, like we're talking decades and decades of worth of, you know, moments of history of talent. They are steeped in wrestling. When people think wrestling, they think WWE. So we're not here trying to say AEW are literally about to take over WWE and like, and run with it and have the mantle. Um, I would never suggest that. I never once have or will suggest that, but it's all about AEW focusing on themselves, growing at their own rate, which I think is fast for a new company, very fast, um, and continuing to do the right things where you put yourself in a position where eventually you do get over that million. WWE, you know, I I, they, I don't know what their ratings were in the early rules, but eventually they were hitting like 9 million at some point. And they're not there now. Things change. Viewing habits change. Uh, and the same thing goes for AEW. They... They are not going to be where they are now in three or four years if you continue doing the right things, if you put out a good product. So I I think it would be unfair to make it a direct battle or match right now. I do think you have to judge each company on their own individual merits. It's really just the fans that make it a versus thing. Um, It's really not, apart from the fact that they exist in the same realm, they're not what I would call direct competitors. Um, 
They are. You know what I'm you know, but you know what I'm saying. It's yeah. not like a race, it's not a race, is what I'm trying to say. AEW do their own thing, man. And and I feel as long as they keep growing, it's all good. Um, so yeah, what do you think, SP3? No, I definitely agree with you. And you know, the best example that I can look back on is uh WCW. And when when uh Ted Turner bought Jim Crockett promotions in 1990, 1991, it took three years until they really made a significant move that kind of brought a, a majority of eyes over to WCW, and that was the signing of Hulk Hogan. And it wasn't until two years after that that they they finally were on even playing field with WWF and beating them in the ratings with WCW Nitro. So that that is a whole like five year plan, and I think that AEW is kind of fo following following along with that type of uh, game plan. They have a plan for the next five years. I believe they even have a plan for the next 10 years. And they're making these gradual moves that are rising their stock, rising the buzz that they're being talked about. And look at this year alone. All of the major news points in professional wrestling, a lot of them have come from AEW, whether that's opening the forbidden door with New Japan Pro Wrestling, the partnership with Impact Wrestling, the signing of Sting, now the signing of Paul White. AEW is getting their a lot of eyes in the wrestling industry on them, but it's a long it's a long path before they're going to be on an even playing field with WWE. But how the ratings look right now, it, I don't think we are we are that far off. I think we're probably like three four years away to Dynamite being on the same level of Monday Night Raw. If Monday Night Raw continues its trend down while AEW is staying consistent, I think we are not that far off. Yeah, and I totally agree with that. And and the, and the point you made in WCW as well, like you said, I mean, we all know they had their apex, like, what, 96, 98? That's yep. probably the, the two great years. But, like, you said, like you said, a lot of planning went into that. And then they didn't properly utilise it coming out of that, unfortunately. It's not, you know, they didn't... You could argue the NWA, oh, I'm not going to get into all of this, right? But you could argue that the whole storyline and, the you know, they had its peaks and then Goldberg came along and there was like, whoa, but obviously the way that they kind of came out of that storyline, they just didn't really have anything else. And they were just a bit like, Oh, what do we do now? And they all kind of fell to pieces. So, uh, I mean, we could be all day talking about what went wrong with WCW, you know, management and all that stuff. But um, I think the difference there, I know obviously the direct correlation we had back then, really the, the only viable way you could um, make the battle was the ratings. That was the main thing. Right. And then you get the TV deals and who's winning all of that stuff. But now WWE have grown to such a ridiculous proportion globally. Like their footprint is everywhere, merch, whatever. Like there are so many different metrics that AEW would have to catch up on. Them catching Raw in the ratings is literally just one thing. Like even if they did that and they started beating Raw on a regular basis, WWE are still the king in town, unfortunately. Like in a lot of ways. So it's um it's a long, it's a long game, is what my answer would be to this. And I think that AEW have made great strides in a short space. Um, but it's like a real marathon. Like I can't stress that enough. Um, you know, we, we hopefully we're talking about this like 10 years from now and we have more of a viable, you know, uh, records and things like that to, to touch upon. But it's been a great start for AEW, no, no question about it. Um, what else have we got in the hot chat? Uh, Elizabeth Stallion on Stone Cold's podcast on the network shows that he had about two years left in him. Do you guys think uh, going to AEW and continuing to wrestle, he could ruin his legacy by wrestling past the point where he should have stopped? I mean, that is obviously a valid point. The same concerns people are having about Sting. 
But I feel for Sting, he wanted to end the, the career on his, uh, on his terms. And I think Big Show too. Like, he's looking at... He's got himself into this amazing shape. Like, you want to at least... Not, you know, explore might not be the right word, but you want to at least make the most of it while you can. He feels he's still got some stuff to give. So let him, I say. It's not as if we're going to have him wheeling out there on a weekly basis. He's probably not going to be your champion. I mean, I hope not. But there are many things that you can do with the big show. And I think there's some great matches. He's an underrated worker for his size, by the way. But there is a lot of great stuff you can do with him. Um, so I'm not concerned. I don't think big show is going to like, shit the bed in a Goldberg way uh, in AEW. I, and I think they'll be smart about how they use him, SB3. Yeah, I totally agree. We've we said it multiple times. The, the way AEW uses their legends, it makes you hopeful for how they will use uh, Paul White, a.k.a. The Big Show. But he just was at a place where he want, he still wanted to contribute, so he kind of had to had to go. But he has been such a crucial component in wwe for the past couple of years you know past 20 years pretty much and he has filled the role of various different places for wwe that i think that him moving over to aew they can find a role for him that will work so it it just makes me very hopeful for everything that's gonna transpire with big show paul white i'm gonna i still gotta get used to that paul white (laughs) in aew do you remember that when he debuted in WWE? It was Paul White. Yeah. It was, oh my God, that that's Paul White. And then, uh, and then very quickly, and I remember at the time, everyone was like, "The Big Show, that sucks." Um, but his original it. name was the Giant. So well, exactly, Andre the Giant's son. So they went, "All right." Um, yeah, he wasn't blessed. But then saying that, Big Show is one of those names that kind of grows on you. Like you know, it's like, "Oh, Big Show." You just say it now, don't you? You know, Big Show, and it just sounds normal. Um, Let's move along the Ultra Chats. We've got one from Matthew McCoskey. Well, that's a damn surprise. I have a few questions that you can debate. What would be the best tag team match between both members of an actual tag team? Like Jimmy versus Jay. You mean best singles match between the tag team? That's fine. Uh, Jimmy versus Jay. Also, what would be the best beefies... SOB slapping meat match, <laughs> bang brains. Oh, he's bringing bang brains back. Um, I mean, slapping meat has got to be Biggie and Gold, uh, Biggie and Goldberg. Like you know, he is the original meat slapper. He coined the term. Let him slap that meat. Um, between tag teams, seldom does that work out, does it? Like the Hardy Boys, I remember they did it, and oh, I mean, their WrestleMania match was pretty good, but. Um, it was more about sure, hardcore than it. Um, Edge and Christian didn't really fly in 2001 when they split. Uh, again, they didn't have bad matches, but it just wasn't what you what you would have imagined. Um, so like when true tag teams, you get them to face each other. I do think it's very, very difficult. I would imagine that FTR could do something amazing together. Um I mean, the Usos, obviously. But I'd be watching that they are so identical that I'd be like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'd be like, man, who who's winning? I don't know. Um, so uh, I think you know, there's a lot of tag teams down the years that you know people will say maybe a Triple H and Shawn Michaels or like Rock and Sock. You know, to me, they're not true tag teams. We, you know, yeah. we're talking like Young Bucks. They could have a great match together. I don't doubt that. Um, but my answer is going to be FTR. Hmm. I like that. I like that one. 
Um, I mean, the, the easiest one that comes to mind because they have done it and they've done it so recently is the Lucha Bros. Uh, oh. Phoenix and Pentagon. Like every time I seen them, it doesn't matter if they got nine minutes it live in front of me at New York or 15 minutes in the main event of Dynamite. They've never had a bad match. They never had less than a very good match, in my opinion. As far as people that have never faced off, I mean, um, man, that's that's a little bit tougher. I, I actually have always wanted Kyle O'Reilly versus Bobby Fish. I, I wanted this back in Ring of Honor when they were Red Dragon, and I think that they have improved greatly since then. I think that they would be they would play off of each other very well, and we would get more of like a submission based match. That would probably be the closest WWE gets to like a blood sports type of matchup is Kyle O'Reilly versus Bobby Fish. So, um, and as far as the big man slapping meat type of matchup. Uh, are off the top of my head because I just kind of did something with uh, that's coming out on Steph Chase YouTube channel. Well, one of the matches that I talked about with AEW and New Japan is Eddie Kingston versus Minoru Suzuki. That's like one of the the top dream matches that I have, and I can just imagine those two just beating the crap out of each other, and it would be so much fun. But one I just thought of to get WWE versus like outside of WWE, Bobby Lashley versus Tomo Iro Ishii. I think that they would tear it up. The way Bobby Lashley is moving and the way Ishii has been one of the most underrated professional wrestlers of the past two decades, I think they would tear it up inside the ring. Yeah, I'll I'll take uh, Lesnar and Suzuki, I've decided. Um, Lesnar not giving a damn, Suzuki not giving a damn. Yeah, it'd just be great. Um, let's get to the... Oh man, we're running out of time here. Also, uh, Carol says... Um, they're talking about the wedding stuff in the chat again. And Carol, you are welcome to share that info as and when it presents itself. You are more than welcome. Uh, Sim, Chris, Carol Wands, when you're ready to share the, the big day, let us know. Um, final two here is from Drew Gallo. I like to think it's, I like to think that's Drew McIntyre. Uh, <laughs> Drew Gallo, good name. Hi, guys. Love you. Have a great stream. We love you too, man. There you go. Thank you, Drew. Um, Stu says, I've always wondered what SB3 stands for and why why True Hill Heat is written like that behind you with certain letters capitalized. I know the answers to both, but I'm going to let SB3 take their reins. Well, SB3 stands for Sid Pollard Third. Now I'll probably get a lot of random friend requests on uh, Facebook, but hey, if you want to know the the, uh, the initials, I was the original three before EC3. That's not even his real name. So, yes, that's what the SP3 stands for. Uh, true Heel Heat, uh, certain letters. This is basically based on the old Sunday Night Heat logo. So that's right. why there's certain letters that are capitalized, certain letters that are not. We don't include the E because we want to throw a little urban into it. We are from the urban culture of, of New York City. If you've seen True Hill Heat before, we are all from, you know, the inner city of New York. So we wanted to throw a little urban into it. So, you know, a little Ebonics, you drop the E, it's T-R-U, true. It's still true, so. I mean, compared to Chris G, you're, you're a suburb, in my opinion. <laughs> <laughs> Good point. Good point. Good point. 
<laughs> but you know, there you go. Christy Love as well. She's great, man. Um, yes. you, if any of you guys haven't checked out True Heat, you absolutely should. And with that, we're heading towards the end of the show. Uh, before I get there, SB3, you do have uh, a child that has taken your name as well, correct? Yes. I have so SB3. there is the fourth. Yes. He's a little bit different because my middle name is Lewis. Uh, his he has two middle names. He's Lewis. He's Kobe Lewis because my my kids, my kids were born uh, like a month and a half after Kobe passed away, and literally before he passed away, me and my my girl were fighting back and forth. I was like, I, I want to name my son Kobe, and she was like, You can't, you can't do it. Let's honor your dad. So I got to honor both of them, and like I told you I, a couple of episodes ago, my my father passed away so i got to honor my father as well as my childhood hero so that was great that's awesome that is awesome uh yeah i just see chris g pop up in the chat um so yeah with that uh, i was about to say your missus works for wwe is she not yeah. like ma'am i mean listen if the guys at work see the logo you're gonna get a copyright strike Yep, yep. She has told me that before. She was like, this looks very familiar. But I was like, <laughs> oh, don't worry about it. It's fine. It's fine. All right. Anyway, thank you so much, guys, for tuning in tonight. That wraps up a great show. Thank you so much for joining us, talking all things Paul White, WWE, AEW, SB3's offspring. Everything happened on this show tonight. So thank you very much for joining us. I'll be back tomorrow, 8 p.m., with the Wonder Woman herself, the Hot Take Queen, the Ultra Chat Machine. Man, she's, she's getting a whole gimmick now. Uh, Steph Chase is going to be in the house, and then Louis will be back on Friday. You can see that man on my uh, right, which is my left. Um, you can see him on his channel, True Hill. He, he's doing stuff, man, all the time. They're like a conglomerate on YouTube, God damn it. Uh, so make sure you go and subscribe to that. Once you have subscribed to Wrestling Daily, no less, make sure thumbs up, subscribe, uh, notifications on, all of that good stuff. And so you can find that man back here 8pm next Wednesday, but make sure you sit by his channel before. Until next time, guys, thank you very much, and we will see you later. Bye-bye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. 
Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.